everybody. Welcome to Tapes, 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 a podcast about old movies, starring yours truly, Evan William Crockett, and this is my trusty co-host. I'm Josh. Hey, Josh. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing remarkably well. That That is remarkable. Well... Josh and I, we're best friends. We've been best friends. That's it. <laughs> That's it. I, I mean, I actually tell you I'm doing like I'm doing well for once, and like I feel good, and you just fucking like blow me off. All right, fine, keep going. Okay. Well, all you said was that it was remarkable. I'm gonna ask you more once. Let me finish the freaking intro. Frick. <sighs> Josh and I are best friends, and we've been best friends since we were children. <laughs> We come together once a week to talk about an old movie. Sometimes it's a movie that we're nostalgic about. Sometimes uh, nostalgic about. Sometimes we have a guest. Um, this episode, we've got something really interesting going on. We've actually got a user, a listener submitted recommendation for us to watch. Um, yeah, remember, remember all those times that we told you to uh, email us and send us your movie recommendations. Well. It finally happened. Say, we're, no, no, shut up. We're not actually going to say this was our first. We're not actually going to admit to that. Okay. Well, it's technically uh, not our first. I mean, back, way back when the podcast first started and, and I made that Facebook status, a lot of those movies that people have commented, we've covered. So Yeah. Okay, well, it's the first one in a while. It's Yeah, it's I, I guess so. Um, but at the end of this of this episode, we will give this movie a rating of either Be Kind and Rewind or Eject and Reject, denoting whether it's worth your time or whether it's simply a wreck. Wow. How are you doing, Evan? Are you are you doing any are you feeling remarkable? I I'm feeling pretty good, I guess. I uh we're we I uh uh we're <laughs> <laughs> good I, a lot we, of feedback on this microphone Ooh. We, whoa we uh, we're recording at a little bit of an unusual time and as a terrible creature of like the terrible creature of habit that i am any small change to my routine completely throws me off so yeah, you're like i can feel the sweat through the microphone <laughs> i'm i am sweating but no, it's it's been really good. I've been riding my riding my bike a lot. Uh, shout outs to Rad Power Ooh. Bikes up in Seattle. Yeah, e- it's an e-bike, right? Yeah, it's an electric bike. So actually, I didn't tell you this, but yesterday, my, my I was really proud of myself because my battery died right at the bottom of this big hill. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, I guess I could go back and like reach, you know, I guess I could just give up on this thing. Fuck no. And I just like powered my because e-bikes are heavy too. I mean this this bike is like 80 pounds. So me Oh my pl- god. They're really because they're heavy because of the motor and the battery. And I just was like, okay, you know what? Yeah, that makes sense. Screw it. Like I'm I still want to climb this mountain. So I did, and I was like, I was really proud of myself for that. Yeah, that's that's fucking great, dude. Yeah. Why didn't you leave? You should be super proud of yourself. That's great. Yeah. What about you? You said you're remarkable. What, what's what's going on? I discovered uh, a incredible mix of foods. Intensely curious about this combination of foods. Mashed potatoes and kimchi. Okay. Ex- <laughs> explain. It's. I think I, I get I? it, though. I think do I, I get I it. So let, let me you go there. You literally just put... You put the kimchi in the mashed potatoes, you swirl it a tiny bit, and then you 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 put it in your mouth. So 
I'm imagining like a fluffy mashed potato and mm. I'm imagining like is is the is the kimchi still pretty crisp? Yeah, yeah. that would be an interesting mix of flavors. I feel like if it was it wouldn't work if it was like mushy kimchi. No, yeah. I mean, it, the really the the hard part that I cuz now I'm like thinking like, "Oh god, how can I make more of this?" is like you want it you want the kimchi cold because that's usually when it's more crisp yeah but yeah cold kimchi going into hot mashed potatoes it's actually kind of nice it's like the hot fudge on the ice cream it's Whoa. like you get to have both at the same time uh i don't know it's pretty good yeah i'm uh, i mean i'm impressed uh well thank you you taught me something you taught the audience uh they should look be on the lookout for mashed potatoes with kimchi that's the new big thing dm me i'll make some for you i'll ship it to you <laughs> I'm sure. Do you want to tell the fine folks what what we watched this week? Well, yes, but I'm a little I'm a little confused because I the title was different from what I thought it was, or maybe I just got confused. But we watched uh, 1988's The Beast, or also known as The Beast of War. And this was recommended to us by uh, by a listener who chose to remain anonymous. Uh, thank you again very much for for recommending that we watch 1988's The Beast, directed by Kevin Reynolds, who uh, listeners of the podcast will remember from Waterworld. Um, and what else did he? There was another big one that he did. Uh, oh, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which we reviewed. Which we with, already did in season three. Yeah, we we reviewed with Chris uh, Chris Trainy. Um, the Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, yeah, he's he's directed a few films. Um, so but the Beast from 1988. It's an American war film, um, and it's based on the play by William Mastro Simone, uh, which is called oh. Nana Watai. Josh, do you want to hit the fine folks with a synopsis of 1988's yes, The Beast? I do because I actually. I'm so scared of having a web browser open on my computer while I'm recording, so I took screenshots of IMDb. Yeah, pull those <laughs> up really quick. Oh, first off, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into this later. But did you watch? You watch? You watched Breaking Bad, right? Yeah, yeah. You know the guy uh, that plays the lead guy on the on uh, on the Afghan side. Uh, the one that eventually works with the main character. Yes. That guy is Don Eladio on Breaking Bad. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. I was Holy watching it and going shit. like, why am I imagining this actor with a cigar in his mouth in like oh, dude, Mexico? I, I kept on looking at that guy and being like, who is that? Like, I feel like I know who he is. Which normally I go and look him up, but or normally I go and look them up if I... I'm kind of like I kind of feel like I know who they are, but I was frankly I was more intrigued as to whether or not he was actually um, like Middle Eastern or Afghanistan. Yeah, <laughs> that, well, that was that was a kind of a catch for me because I could see right away that that he didn't probably look, wasn't the case. Yeah, uh, it, it does or sound. It does look like they they made an attempt to cast primarily like Middle Eastern and and um, you know at least Persian well, actors, but. The, that that actor who was the lead was uh, I think he's Cuban. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. Also, when he was but speaking anyway, uh, Pashto, it sounded weird. I mean, I don't speak I don't speak Pashto. 
Well, but, I mean, th we'll get into this later, but I mean, we we have the Waterworld director at bat, so. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, yeah. let's look at Pashto. A I'm sorry, not Pashto. I knew I was mispronouncing that. Pashto. Okay, here we go. This one is submitted to us. Uh, there's a lot of college kids. There's. It's always a college email. Oh, uh, writing the reviews. I wonder why. Yeah. That is. Okay. Here we go. During the war in Afghanistan, a Soviet tank crew commanded by a tyrannical officer finds themselves lost in a struggle against a band of oh boy, I'm gonna miss I'm gonna mispronounce this. Sorry guys, uh, Mujahideen guerrillas uh, in the mountains. A unique look at the Soviet Vietnam experience, sympath uh, sympathetically told from both sides. You know, that's interesting that mm. they they say that because when I watched this movie, it was my first time watching this. I was like, damn, this is a lot like um, Apocalypse Now. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh, it's a... Um, I mean, it's I've a, heard of it, but, I, but I've but i never I, seen fuck, it. I forgot who directed it. I want It's somebody big like um, Kubrick. Or, yeah, that's a classic one. Um, Apocalypse. It's so crazy. Okay, anyway. So yeah, sorry. Uh, so yeah, that. Oh, that so was the this whole. Was your first time seeing this? That was the whole synopsis. I mean, yeah, that kind of encapsulates. Oh yeah, it. I mean, I guess it. Yeah, I guess it does. This this movie, the plot structure is not necessarily that complex. It, it is really about like the relationship of kind of your the, the your your soldiers to your own army, or or I guess rather like to your own people. Yeah, I, I had never seen it, or I've never heard of it before. Um, had you heard of it or seen it? I would not be surprised if this is a movie I have seen before, but I have no recollection of it. Because my dad loves, he likes war movies. Okay. Uh, it's not something we've talked about a ton on the podcast because we haven't done, have we done any war movies? I think this might be the first. I mean, I I didn't really grow up with war movies very much. Um, and I don't, I don't typically go for them. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know. Yeah, I can't imagine either of your parents, eh, I can't really your dad coming in with like, oh, I want to watch like an old grizzled war movie. He might have, but I I think we just weren't we just weren't super super into it. But um, but my yeah. dad my dad yeah my dad loved war movies. Um, I think I mentioned it before, but uh, we, that we I had a a recorded VHS that I would watch over and over again. That was Return of the Jedi. But before that was the movie Sand Pebbles, which is a Steve McQueen like Marine War movie. And I've watched it a bunch as a kid, but I had to fast forward through it to get to Return of the Jedi. But I watched. <laughs> yeah, you did mention that before. Yeah, but I'm I'm pretty well versed in most of the major war movies that have come out in the past like forty years. Mm -hmm. And this one uh, strikes me as like a a a my dad pick for sure. Yeah, I could I can definitely see your dad in this movie, or, you know, from from everything we've talked about like his taste. I could see him yeah, enjoying this kind of a movie. But this movie only made like $161,000. Was this an independent? I don't know. The budget was 8 million. So, it wasn't it's not huge. It's not huge, but it's also not teeny tiny. It was filmed in Israel. Um, they use actual they use actual tanks. Um, 
It's, That's not surprising. It, it's an actual. What does this say? The, it, the tank in question, or the tank in the movie, um, is an Israeli modification of a Soviet T fifty five captured by the Israelis from the Arab armies. Um, oh wow! So oh, so there's some history to the props in this movie. There, there's some history to the props in this movie, and and again, it's really difficult to find more information on this movie. Like Morgan and I were were kind of fascinated while we were watching it because. We were just like, this has the feeling of like a classic war movie. You know, like you mentioned, Apocalypse Now, uh, Full Metal Jacket. Like, how come this movie isn't kind of more widely known? Um, and it and it is well known in that it has like a cult status, um, specifically as being a quote-unquote tank movie. So a lot of people consider this to be like, if you're super into tanks... You're gonna you be you're gonna be super into this movie because I guess they're like very accurate historically with, um, with with the tank specifically. Yeah, you can tell that the the writing for this was coming from the perspective that has probably spent a lot of time in a tank or around them yeah. because there's a there's a lot of I don't think I've ever watched a movie where there was more screen time on the inside of the tank and like all the inner workings right. of a tank. So yeah, I really couldn't find much uh, about, apparently it only, it only showed in like a couple of theaters um, here in the States. Um, but yeah, it, it has kind of gained this cult status. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that we, we, we shouldn't ignore that. Like this was a recommendation from a viewer who is very passionate about this movie? Clearly, yes. Um, and you know we're not gonna we're not gonna give anything away about about how passionate you know they they were about it. Um, but I think that we should talk about you know, and I think part of the or sorry, I think part of the reason that they're so passionate about it is because there really haven't been that many like professional reviews of the movie or reactions or or anything like that. Um, it just it it doesn't real it's not really a movie of of uh you know it's it's yeah it doesn't have much publication or uh notoriety it, it's strange yeah it's it's really strange so let's do our best to try to review 1988's the beast when we come back from the short break oh uh, we have to try yeah we gotta try uh, it's not why i do this <laughs> all right we'll be right back y'all if you can believe it tapes 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 is in its fourth season the boys are once again here to help decide the fate of movies stuck in cinematic purgatory oh no the suspense remember you can follow tapes 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 on instagram to stay in touch with the show between episodes you'll find announcements surveys and more if you'd like to take your relationship with the show to the next level and get your credit card involved, find the show on Patreon, too. The boys thank you for your support. All right, now it's time to get back to the show. Okay, we are back. We are. We are. How's your chicken satay? Uh, it was it was delicious. I made it incredibly quickly last night and uh, enjoyed it today. Nice. And I even put them on sticks. I didn't need to do that, but uh, it's part of the fun. Do you soak the sticks in water? Yes. I so they don't burn. 
Okay. Got it. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So we're back. We're talking about The Beast, 1988. Um, I don't know. Do, do you want to jump in? <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of curious about your your reaction. Well, I I guess I'll start just as somebody that has more experience uh, with war mo- war movies in general, I guess. But I would yeah, definitely would you have not... more than I do. Well, I you know my dad raised me on a lot of war movies, and when I was younger, when I was younger, I would hunt with my dad, which I probably mentioned. But I also had a pretty I'll say healthy uh, interest in like weaponry like war weapons like i remember being in elementary school and some of middle school and being really fascinated by like types of you know guns and tanks Mm -hmm. and uh you know anti-aircraft stuff and what were those books called that were like big white picture books where they would have like diagrams of weapons i don't know but that's one of the things that i'm trying to remember right now because i remember going to the library at Edna McGuire Elementary School and it being there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just spending so much time in front of it. I remember I was particularly fond... I'm not going to get too into it, but uh, I I would always, like, go right for the sniper rifles. I thought those were the coolest. Mm -hmm. Because they were were big and long and sharpshooting pew, pew, pew. (laughs) But anyway, uh, I'm, I'm walking into this movie with, like, comfortability with war movies... Uh, and those kind of th- those kind of things, and uh, uh, to tell you the truth, I I I kind of I had a very strange peaks and valleys with this movie of enjoying it and not enjoying it. Okay, uh, yeah. Because it it's it, the right the story writing in this I think is pretty a lot of, some of it is pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. in terms of oh, a war movie like you can go into a war movie and just like here's a historical event that you're watching and that's the thing or here's a lot of gunfire and action and then that's the thing or it's the more personal like uh psychological side of war movies which i think is the the best way to do it uh and they kind of get off to the races really quickly with this because we start with kind of two contrasting leads that are on two different sides of the Soviet Afghanistan war Yeah, that are struggling with this idea of, you know, individuality and personal belief within their own, you know, factions, you know, for the uh, Russian side, it's like, we start with somebody uh, being told by their uh, superior officer to essentially run somebody over uh, in the to while literally in the run someone over yeah well yeah i mean that's a that's a fucking thing uh to get information out of them and yeah. they wouldn't do it so he's he hesitates and he eventually does it right but it's pretty brutal and pretty personal and i th- i was actually at the beginning of this movie i was i kind of wish there was more of it but when kind of the women uh or the male figures of the cat town or sorry female figures of the town started coming out and like throwing rocks at the tank it's like damn i don't really see that in a lot of movies and that yeah that's like that's real that was the town is being attacked that was really powerful yeah to to kind of jump in the beginning of this movie is really intense and very engaging um and it's it's so funny that you mentioned your dad in the first part because i i had strong 
um, your dad energy when <laughs> when the guy when they like put the guy underneath the tank tread, and uh-huh. then there was the foot, and like they positioned his foot directly under the tank tread, and yeah. you just knew that they were gonna show the tank tread starting to go over his foot. Yeah, and sure enough, like they, they once the once the commander does convince the guy, yeah, run him over. Like you see the foot squish, and it's really disturbing. And like you can tell, I mean, me as a as a grown up now, I can tell that like as a grown up, it, whatever, I, I, I can tell that it's just clay or something. But mm-hmm. it's still really disturbing, like on a deep. It level. was. I mean, there's. In terms of suspense, this movie kind of cuts back and forth between doing a really good job of being suspenseful and being kind of hokey. Yeah, and I th- it's I like think gore that, and th- suspense. <laughs> like it kind of goes between those two. Yeah, and even but then it kind of goes to being just like straight up campy, and I think that's the di- like I see this, and I think yeah, this is definitely the same director that did Robin Hood Men in Tights at some scenes because <laughs> yeah. the music is like jovial and kind of campy while they're like trying to throw grenades at the tank, and like some of the shots are just kind of kind of weak. Yeah. It's weird because there's really powerful cinematography in this and powerful dialogue and powerful scenes, but then it's interlaced with just kind of jokey stuff that kind of undercuts the whole feeling of the movie. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually in complete agreement with you on this one. Like for for me, there were definitely highs and lows. Like I would even say that it would have been more powerful. Like if we, I know we're hyper focusing on that one shot. Of the foot yeah. beneath the tank tread, but I actually think it would have been a better movie if they hadn't shown it. If they hadn't shown the yeah. the the clay foot kind of being being squashed, yeah, there were there just were hokey moments all over the place where like the one uh, there was one part where they were uh, you know because they're they're trying to escape in the tank and these Afghanistani soldiers are um, are following them on foot. And they're they're kind of like laying traps for them here and there, um, and I just felt like a lot of that was kind of weird, like the 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 bomb being underneath the body that they move and and kind of like them trying really hard to move the tank turret around so that it would aim at them. Like it it almost felt kind of slapsticky, and it just was like, eh, this is kind of weird. Like I don't really get why this is supposed to be funny or I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about, but to tell you the truth, I, I kind of thought that the, a lot of those were strong moments because they showed the real... Sh- I, I mean, I'm I've never been a part of wartime, but yeah. at least... From my perspective of like, you know, that, that it's one of the reasons why I, I liked um, Apocalypse Now so much. It's not so much just like, here's America the Brave going in and fighting. It's like you're watching people get sweaty and get like desperate and all these things. And those little, like one of the big things that happened during the Vietnam War is like soldiers would be, American soldiers would be walking down the like a fucking path or something and they would see a can, like just like a tin can. And they'd go to pick it up, and it would be in. Yeah, no. I, I, well, they would they would kick it, and it would it would explode because they know how to kick the can. And that's kind of something similar yeah. that happens in this movie. Like 
the, you roll over the body or you roll over the munition shell or, or you poison uh, the water that they that they're gonna come by and come to drink like or you no, go, i get that yeah. i i think that that i i could appreciate that the movie included things like that because it was it was kind of interesting i just think the execution of them was mm. oftentimes kind of like i don't think it was i don't think he intended it to be comical but it it kind of came yeah, across this, as yeah. comical some of the set some of the setups for the shots felt a little like even the way that it was staged felt a little like you have like something explode and then two little heads poke up like there's just yeah, it's designed that, to feel comical that kind of thing it's just like oh that's weird like that just is a little bit jarring given that this is a very serious movie well this was you said this was a play right yeah it was a play um yeah by william mastro simone so i'd be willing to bet that a lot of this dialogue is taken from original text yeah and actually the dialogue i didn't have that much of an issue with frankly um i i thought a lot of the dialogue was okay um other than the one guy who was clearly not afghanistani <laughs> speaking in pashto um but yeah, yeah that was pretty obvious but the I don't know. It, it was it was weird. At the same time, it it was engaging. Like I, I did, I I was kept in suspense um, during a lot of the fight sequences. I did find myself being like, "What's going to happen next?" Like I kind of can't predict what's going to happen next. Um, and like with the bad guy too, yeah. like he was so unpredictable. And like when they went when when the tank reached kind of the end of the line and there was a helicopter there to, to pick them up. Um, and then the commander was like, get back in the tank. We've got to go back around. That was, I fucking felt for those yeah. uh, soldiers when intense. they were in there and they were like, yeah, I mean, for people that haven't seen it, it's just this scene where these people have been in this tank in a foreign country, just under the rule of this commander. Who's that a is maniac. Killed. He's killed one of their own uh, because he he's a believer in uh, he's a Muslim, even though he he's fighting on their side of the war and right. fucking kills him. And they find a helicopter. They But the problem is, is that the tank can't get back over. Right. Like, they just have to, like, take people out. And these guys get on the helicopter. They're like, thank fucking God. Like, we're going They're like, home. We're going he's home. like, you're not you're not going home. You're getting back of that tank. And they're just like screaming at their commanding officer. Yeah, like that. We're not going back in there. It's a really intense scene. I mean, it, it's kind of hard to describe it because for people listening, they might think, "Oh, well, they can just fly away in the helicopter." But the but the movie has built up to the point where like this commander is going to do anything to save this tank of his. Yeah, and like the way that he, like he sat up on top of the tank. And if they tried to fly away, I mean, that's the thought that I had was like, if they tried to fly away, he probably would shoot the helicopter down, which is fucking crazy to imagine that. But well, that's what makes that's what makes this so fun is how dedicated this person is to um, this fucking stupid thing. Like it, it's it it is very interesting. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of moving pieces. It's a great script. I mean, yeah, they they do a, a good job with with that. It's the thought I'm having right now that I feel really bad about is like, 
I wish it was directed by somebody other than Kevin Reynolds, <laughs> because I well no I because I feel I feel the same way because my problem with this movie is I'm watching it and then I oh and start I just saw seeing... the the person who wrote the play that it's based on also did the screenplay of this so that that okay. makes sense that they would you know yeah there you go that it would be strong yeah it's 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 a great screenplay but I mean and this director is obviously capable at setting up good shots getting a good cast together getting the right things in order. But in terms of style, it that that like Robin Hood kind of feel that like yeah. Waterworld, which is a little ham bony. I mean, right. it, it comes out, yeah. and I don't think it's appropriate for this movie at all. It needs to. It's just too fucking gritty and honest of a movie for anything like that. Yeah, that, I think that's a. I think that's a fair. I think it spoils it. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair critique. I mean, I I think Kevin Reynolds was kind of punching above his weight class with this one. I think my least favorite moments of this is most of the scenes where, um, God, what's his name? Uh, Don Eladio, <laughs> Contage. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's working with uh, the other lead guy, Constantine. And they're like trying to speak and work together phonetically. Yeah, uh, I have a lot of those scenes rub me the wrong way. Like it, it they made it work too easily. They, I felt like they it made it work too a little too easily. Yeah, uh, and you weren't able to situation believe was, it. It, it. Both situations were a little too agreeable to like whatever was happening. It was just like, oh, here's a, a rocket launcher. I'm gonna fix it. Okay, cool. And I'm gonna. You want to help us? Cool. And they like understand each other so quickly. And there's something about how that actor that plays Contage uh, later on, like he's forced to kind of be like almost this comical character and how he's trying to communicate. Uh, and there's just something yeah. about watching like this Afghan soldier just kind of going like, tank, tank, tank. Then I'm kind of like, why are you? yeah that's true is this really ne- he was why is this it feels silly he was very like silly in the way that he was trying to communicate with him which i yeah i, I he would go like when he would move a car all in the sand to brrr, he would go like, brrr, yeah yeah that was really strange like are you ready to rate 1988's the beast also known as the beast of war I'm gonna give this movie a 21 salute, eject and reject. <laughs> How many salutes is it? it? However many salutes you do when there's a military death. I don't know. <laughs> you gotta. Oh, fuck. I'm fucking it up for anybody that knows actually knows about this thing. Yeah, I give. I I'm gonna give this one eject and reject. Yeah. I I like I like this movie a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. And. I I appreciate the way it was made, and I appreciate the fucking screenplay more than anything because mm-hmm. it's just really powerful and compelling. But I think the execution was lopsided because uh, even though I felt like I was in like a really gritty war movie and everything felt really real, um, there were just some parts of it that couldn't connect with uh, for me. Yeah, I think that I'm I. I'm going to give it an eject and reject and the the only, I agree with pretty much everything you said. The only things that I would kind of add to that are that I think if you are super into war movies and you haven't seen this one um then yeah, give it a watch cuz it's kind of an it's an interesting yeah. it's like a different take 
it's it's a war that that at least again i'm not really a war movie person but i don't know that there's been that many movies made about the afghan russian war um much less like a quote-unquote well an american movie no less yeah an american movie that that's been made uh, about that war um a tank movie um you know, if you're in, if you're into the gear that that's kind of associated with that, then it could be kind of interesting for you. Um, but yeah, I just for me, I just know that I'm never going to seek it out again. Um, yeah. But I also know that like it does give me some hipster cred that like I I can recommend a movie that like you know it, that it is a war movie, but it it is I think it's criminally underwatched. I will say that, yeah. like it, it's really weird that this movie didn't make much money and that they didn't put it in more in more theaters. If you like war movies, go watch it. If if you're looking for an entry point, I think there's a lot of uh, more compelling ones and more relatable ones. Oh, really? Do you have a recommendation? So I have two recommendations okay. to start with. I could probably think of others. Uh, so. Which is very different from my normal RoboCop 2, and neither of them is RoboCop 2. Uh, So my first recommendation is a recommendation based on a war movie that is focused on a very specific thing in a war movie. Like, this is a tank movie. Yes, right. right. People like watching this movie because it's about tanks, and you get really hyper-focused on that. I don't know tank movies very well. But there's a really fantastic war movie uh, called the U-571 that's pretty new. It came out in the early 2000s. It's got um, Keith, or what's his name? Uh, Keith Sutherland? No, 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 not Keith Sutherland. He's uh, he's in like Pulp Fiction. Oh, is he in that? Yeah. uh, Are you looking at it? Yeah, Matthew McConaughey and Uh, Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel, Harvey Keitel. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's it. So that's a movie... Um, about a stolen uh, German sub uh, that the U.S. are trying to essentially like get back to help. I think it's to help solve the um, what was that code breaking oh, thing gosh. that happened? Oh my god! But anyway, I feel anyway, like we need to restart a... this whole recommendation because there's all these things <laughs> that were like, what was it called? Who was in it? <laughs> what are they solving? Hold on, the cipher. Uh, the cipher okay yeah so it's it's a bunch yeah it's harvey keitel and all them they they're american soldiers that steal a german sub to try to get enigma machine which sorry the enigma machine which eventually kind of solves uh a lot of the essentially how the positioning of uh german soldiers and and stuff but the movie is hyper specific on them being inside of a submarine and what it's like being in one Mm. and shit that can go wrong like there's a really intense scene in there where they have to go underneath charges which are essentially barrels that explode at certain depths oh yeah and they have to go underneath them and it's like the ship starts buckling under the pressure of the uh of being that deep down it's very good yeah uh, so if you like something hyper-specific in war, go for that. If you're looking for something that's a little bit more the story of kind of the other feeling for the other side in war, um, something that's a little newer with big actors in it that does that pretty well is a movie called Three Kings. Okay. Which Heard come, of it. Came, out in 19, came out in 1999, I think. It's got George Clooney in it. 
uh, in the lead, Mark Wahlberg and Ice Cube. And it's the end of the... I'm going to remember this. It's the end of the Gulf War. Uh-huh. And it's like Saddam has just been captured, but they're going... It's like American soldiers going to steal a cache of like Saddam's gold. And they get caught up in like a conflict that happens with locals. And they essentially begin empathizing and fighting for them. And it deals with a lot of the nitty gritty of like individuals suffering during wartime. And like there's a lot of medical things that are very scary that happen in the movie that like I still can't get out of my head to this day that happen. Wow. Uh, it's a and it's a it's good. The action is done really well, but it doesn't feel overdone. Nice. Yeah, I uh, I didn't have too many recommendations lined up just because, again, I don't watch that many war movies. Um, but one war movie that I I was really recommended to watch by Morgan, who is like even less into war movies than I am, was 1917, which came out last year. Oh, um, uh, Nolan. Yeah, Christopher Nolan. Did you ever see that movie? I didn't see it. Uh, oh no, it is, it's not I'm Nolan. Sure it's uh, like it. I think he produced it, but it, it was directed by Sam Mendes. Oh. Um, okay. And that movie isn't so. The movie is um, it's one single shot. So it's it's one single shot that follows a um, a British soldier during World War One for mm. basically like twenty four hours. Or like the the entire time that it oh. takes him to get from one spot of where they're fighting the Germans to another spot of where they're fighting the Germans, and it's one continuous shot the entire time, which I oh. I didn't know that that's what the conceited like all the trailers I had seen I was like okay another fucking war movie I don't want to see it and then Morgan just was like no 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 you've got to go see that. Um, well, how do you really advertise that it's a single shot? I mean, it's. And you think without showing the whole movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, and see, <laughs> and you almost think that like when you hear something like that, you think it's going to be really gimmicky. But what it does instead is it really lets you feel deeply the the feeling and like the experience that this soldier is having by by going from point A to point B and like all of the just insane shit that happens to him. Um. And it it makes you feel that's awesome. Like the I'm yeah I'm definitely gonna go see that then. That sounds wonderful. Yeah that that one is 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 really nuts. Thank you very much, uh, our wonderful listener, for recommending this movie to uh, for us to watch for for review on tapes tapes tapes. Um, and thank all of you for listening to another wonderful episode of Tapes, Tapes, Tapes. Audio production and original music is all done by yours truly, Evan William Crockett. Our artwork is done by Kersey Barrett Torme. You can find her. You can find her on Instagram at at Made by Kersey, K-E-R-S-E-Y. Go check her out. Give her a follow. Give her some love. Send her a chocolate. Buy her fancy coffee in New Orleans. I don't know how to speak anymore. Josh, tell the fine folks <laughs> how they can support the po- our. Sorry. Our podcast is produced by Joshua Bowen. Josh, you want to tell the fine folks how they can support <gasps> the podcast? I hope you just put the sound of me screaming over my last name. You uh, wait a minute. You allow me to say your last name during the producer segment. You do? You do. I do? Who are, who am I? <laughs> I thought I was the guest on this episode. You're not and I get to say hello. 
error (laughs) i'm just gonna create nonsense until you have to edit all this out (laughs) thank you it's so much fun okay uh before i get to the producer segment i just want to echo what evan said about uh thanking that person that submitted their uh a movie to the uh, podcast uh even though we did uh, eject and reject it we hope that you st- that you you obviously still want to submit uh movies to us uh knowing that it might not be our favorite honestly i just love watching all movies i don't know about you yeah so, yeah uh, it's fun to watch them but i feel like we were pretty fair i don't know uh you can find us on patreon uh patreon slash tapes 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 we have a couple of tiers on there with varying degrees of perks and cool things and merch and bonus content uh if you feel like contributing to the podcast devin and i do this on our you know in between work and other things like everybody else yeah uh so it'd mean a lot to us uh if you decided you wanted to uh to contribute yeah thank you very much and thanks again for for listening we love you we mean it guys gals and non-binary pals we'll see you next week i'm 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 grabbing my own breast right now while you're doing yeah this. i don't know why i mean when you whenever you do this final part it sounds like you're kind of like feeling yourself a little bit like you're very I'm, like but i'm like now i'm literally feeling myself so is that a bad thing mm. bye everybody <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>